Welcome to the Connect FCS Ed Podcast, where we talk about family and consumer sciences education. Each episode is geared to support, recruit, and retain the professional FCS educator. I am your host, Barbara Scully, and I want to boldly celebrate with you today, families and careers. Hi, and welcome back to the Connect FCS Ed Podcast. So today with me, I have Mr. Rob Phelan, who is a math and personal finance educator from Frederick County, Maryland. He is author and founder and creator of The Simple Startup, which is a book geared towards entrepreneurship for 10 to 18 year olds. So welcome, Rob. I'm really glad that you're here. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I just realized that founder and creator are pretty much the exact same thing. I probably should have left one of those words out. <laughs> no, well, add more adjectives. We're good. What yeah, else? It's, it sounds impressive. That's that you made it sound really good. Yeah. Well, that's what we do. We're we're here to impress. <laughs> so Rob has some really cool stuff. Actually, I met Rob a couple of weeks ago. He is part of the business and marketing Facebook group for educators. And I and my husband personally follow Choose FI, and that is Choose Financial Independence. And that is a Facebook group with Jonathan and Brad, I, th- I want to say. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And my husband listens to them religiously, and they are helping my husband, who is in turn helping our entire family become better when it comes to our own personal finances. But Rob was on the Facebook group and he put out there about financial literacy within that Facebook group. And he put on a a fun little webinar. It was about what, 30 minutes or so? Yeah, about that. Yeah, something like that. Just going over a different type of curriculum base when it comes to financial literacy. So Rob, why don't you talk about it? Yeah. So um, like you said, i also work for Chooseify International Foundation, which is a nonprofit. And that is the nonprofit side of Chooseify, which, as you said, is a podcast. It's a Facebook group. It's a YouTube channel. It's an Instagram channel. Like there is a lot of different ways that they're putting content out into the world, but their mission is to spread as much good personal finance information as they possibly can. And they do that through a crowdsourcing model. So where Brad and Jonathan are the hosts of this podcast, um, Brad is someone who is already financially independent. We'll talk about that in a second. Jonathan is someone who is on the journey to financial independence. And then they said, you know what? We're going to get together. We're going to create this podcast that brings in guests who are experts in all the different areas. And they're going to tell us how to do better with our money. And that show just had its four-year anniversary, actually, which is you know really great um, when we see a podcast get you know go that long. They're going the distance. So I hope yours does the exact same. Oh. You're going to be around in four years' time? Thank I you. So. Well, I hope so. <laughs> But um, I, so I represent the nonprofit side. I am a curriculum writer on the high school side of what they do. So Choose a Five Foundation has produced a pre-K through 12 personal finance curriculum. So I wrote the high school part of that curriculum along with the other co-creators who did pre-K, elementary, and middle school levels. So we produced a curriculum that is essentially meeting all levels from pre-K all the way up to high school. Yeah. So, well, let's, I guess, let's talk Let's talk shop just a little bit. What is Choose FI? What is that Choose Financial Independence? What is that? So financial independence is a point at which you can say, I no longer need to work. 
And I'm not talking about traditional retirement. I mean, it can apply to traditional retirement where you hit like 65, like, okay, I'm done. I better have enough money left to get me through the rest of my life. Um, that is technically financial independence when you have enough money to get you through to the rest of your days, whenever that happens to be. Um, the financial independence community, however, is looking for a little bit more. They're saying, we want to get to the point where all of our expenses that you know, that covers our needs, our wants, the level of lifestyle we want, those are all going to be covered from our investing portfolios. So if you're talking about someone who is you know, investing for their future, they could be buying things like stocks, they could be buying bonds, they could have their own business, they could invest in real estate. Uh, you've probably heard a lot about cryptocurrency recently. That's now kind of getting added in there as one of these things you could be invested in. And the collection of all these investments is going to be enough that you could live off of for the rest of your life. And then the caveat is that a lot of people are trying to pursue it in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, their 50s. So years before traditional retirement actually would happen. So FI just stands for financial independence. And it's a subset of the FIRE group, financial independence and retire early. Yeah. Well, here in Pasco, Washington, or Tri-Cities, Washington, uh, we do have a financial independence group, and we get together kind of on a monthly basis, and and or due to COVID, well, let's be honest, it hasn't been as regular. So, but that is a really cool group. So if you are looking for possibly your own FIRE group, honestly, go on to Facebook and see what Choose F got FI groups are available because they're all over the place. Um, yeah. And um, like, this is a group that will support you on your journey wherever you are. So if you're like saying, you know what, I am, I'm drowning in debt right now, student loans, mortgages, car payments, uh, medical bills, whatever it is, um, you, your journey to financial independence starts the moment you say, I want to start taking control of my money instead of letting it control me. Um, so if you feel like, you know, the money is really driving all of your actions throughout the month, it's dominating your thoughts, it's stressing you out, then there is, you know, this community, this online community of people who are in the, oftentimes the exact same position as you, or a little bit further along in the journey than you. And they are there to just basically answer your questions, give you support, cheer you along the way. Um, as Barbara said, there is a large Facebook group, which you can join. It's, there's over 60,000 people in it. So you will find somebody else who is at the same point as you. And then there are subsets of that. So there's a Chooseify educators group. So if you are an educator and you want to do better with your finances, that group is just filled with other teachers, other educators who you know, can answer your questions that are related to teacher finances. Because there is a little bit that's different about us compared to just a general population. Um, if you have your own business, you can find a Chooseify small business owners. There's Chooseify families with kids. Like there is a whole like variety of ways that you can access this community and find other people who are like you. And then of course, there is the local group. So this is what Barbara's referring to, like, dotted all over the world are hundreds of these small Facebook groups that actually meet in person when the situation allows for it <laughs> and create their own mini communities and again, support each other, help each other out. And it is a wonderful thing. And it's one of the best things that I've found when it comes to doing better with my own finances is just surrounding yourself with people who want to do better with their money as well. They will cheer you on. They will support you in what you're doing. And yeah, it's one of the, the superpowers when it comes to getting out of debt and starting to do better with your finances. Yeah, well, there's nothing more important than knowing how to manage your own personal finances. But when you're able to finally take over that and take that control instead of your money controlling you, it's a completely different way of life. It really is. 
So, so I totally agree with that. What? So I guess, what is your passion? Oh, I have to, I have to pick um, because I've got way too many at the moment. So I'm a teacher first and foremost, I still teach full time uh, math and personal finance. I love working with kids. Um, and in particular, I love educating kids about personal finance. So, you know, it's one of my favorite things to do. It's why I love getting up in the morning, going to school. Um, I also love working on creating these curriculums, talking to people like you and telling everyone else out there like, hey, there is a way to do better with your money. Um, if you're a teacher, we've got this free curriculum that you can bring into your own school. It saves you a lot of time in terms of planning, having to come up with lessons. There's a whole you know, 18-week curriculum you can follow. There's individual lessons if you want to just plug some stuff into what you're doing already. And it just, yeah, saves you a little bit of time. And then I also love to teach about entrepreneurship as well. So, you know, my business, The Simple Startup, started with a workbook where entrepreneurship is part of our personal finance curriculum. And I couldn't find anything good out there that would help kids start their own businesses. I didn't want to do a business plan. I didn't want to do a hypothetical. I wanted them to actually start a business. And there wasn't really anything great out there. So I created my own workbook, um, realized that it actually was something that might be publishable and something that someone else might want to use. Um, So I got it published and then COVID hit immediately afterwards. So selling books to schools became an almost impossible thing to do. And um, that summer, I decided, you know what, I'm going to start running summer camps for kids virtually where I take them through the process of starting their own business and the Simple Startup Challenges, which is a 10-week course where 10 to 18-year-olds can work with me to start their own businesses, was born. And since then, I think over 250 um, kid businesses have been started, which also a side passion, you know, something else that fills the time. Well, so... I love that. And you're just firing the synapses of my brain right now, just because within family consumer sciences, a lot of us, we have foods and nutrition or some sort of form of culinary arts within our programs. And what is kind of driving the market right now when it comes to our culinary programs are the food trucks. Yes. 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 Well, just with you talking about startup entrepreneurship and all of that is just making me think of my food truck kids who are creating menus for their hypothetical food trucks. That would be, uh, I'm just seeing a great correlation right now and a great partnership for maybe some, something soon down the line. Yeah. So, I mean, how fun would it be to say, you know what guys, this summer we're going to do the food truck, but we're going to do it for real. Like we're going to like start our own culinary um, business and take it from start to finish, see what it would look like to actually get something like this up on its wheels. Um, and yeah, like that's kind of what I love seeing is um, how personal finance and entrepreneurship in particular can tie into almost every other subject that we teach in high school or in middle school or elementary for that matter. Because um, all you have to do is take a passion and then find a way to solve someone's problem with that passion. Yes. Oh, well, you got me now thinking. I love it. <laughs> So, okay, let's talk about the Choose FI. Why, what, or what is different between the Choose FI curriculum versus EverFi, NGPF, Dave Ramsey, et cetera? So first and foremost, what would set us apart from a lot of the ones you mentioned is that it's free. Um, so, you know, the Dave Ramsey curriculum is one that is paid. So straight away, there's a big sizable financial difference between our curriculum and theirs. Um, in terms of how we approached our curriculum, why we felt like there was a need to create something new in the first place was that this curriculum approaches the idea of financial independence. So it's not just about what you know. 
um, financial literacy is one small component to becoming financially independent and technically doing better with personal finance. I think there's actually a difference between personal finance and financial literacy. So financial literacy, you know, what you know, you know the definitions, you know how things work, but personal finance is all about the attitudes, beliefs, decision-making ability that you have when it comes to money decisions. So we're trying to train kids to make better decisions with their money. So it's not just about teaching them what the words are. Like that's frankly a little bit boring and not much fun at all. Um, our curriculum is very much centered on how do we create students who are going to be able to take a financial decision that maybe they didn't know was coming. So those unexpected events that often cripple us when it comes to our finances and puzzle the way through it and make a good financial decision based off of that. Uh, we do that through a series of projects. There's a ton of project-based learning going on in this curriculum. Um, I'll give you a prime example of that in a second, but um, we have assessments that are about the financial literacy side, but also like how can we measure, like how did a kid's attitude towards money change? Do they feel they are good managers of money? Do they classify themselves as savers or spenders? Um, what would they do if they're presented with different scenarios? And we start measuring like, okay, you know, have we actually changed the way that a student is going to interact with money? And I think that's where you're going to get the most powerful change in a kid's life is saying, you know what, you're now equipped to make decisions for yourself that are going to positively impact you in your future. Oh, I love that. So is there an app for that? Is <laughs> <laughs> That's the next question. Is there an app for that when it comes to for kids to be able to interact with those, those types of decision-making skills? So we do it through um, as many like scenarios that you can recreate. So I, we talked about just entrepreneurship and taking a passion and turning that into a project. I mean, you learn so many personal finance skills just trying to manage a business and get it up and running. But there are a lot of great simulations out there. There are wonderful games that you can do. Um, there are books that you can include in your class if you're tempted in doing something like a book study. Um, we run a project called Media Club where we produce a new one each week. And this is um, a student can read a blog post or a news article. They can watch a YouTube video or they can listen to a podcast around a financial topic. You come back as a class, you discuss that topic. So it's very much like trying to meet kids where they are and encouraging them to become lifelong learners or at least like keep tabs on their own personal finance education. Like just keep kind of tipping away at it. So we want them to adopt like listening to a podcast or following a YouTube channel or even just like following a social media creator on, you know, say Instagram or TikTok or Twitter or one of these other platforms that I don't know the name of. <laughs> I know it's a constantly ever-changing. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just joined Clubhouse. I just got sucked into that. And that's that's a whole new world as well. Well, I, I have to say I'm jealous because you obviously then have a iPhone. Yes. <laughs> I've never been an iPhone or an Apple fan, uh, just because everything else that I have is Android, but I'm now really jealous of the, the iPhone users because you have Clubhouse and I want to join. <laughs> it, it is an interesting place. Yeah. So if you're listening and you haven't heard of Clubhouse or you've been thinking about it, um, it's basically, I imagine the last thing teachers want is more like virtual conversations, uh, more like, you know, audio only meetings or anything like that. But it's essentially what it is. It's almost like you and I were having this podcast um, conversation in Clubhouse. And we had an audience in front of us who could raise their hands, ask questions during it. And you could invite them up on stage to contribute to the conversation or ask their question, then put them back down again. So it's just a really great place to learn a lot of new stuff. You actually get to really get in contact with people who would normally be very hard to get in contact with. 
like Elon Musk, for example, was in there the other day um, doing a clubhouse room. And like, he was literally taking questions from the audience. And like, how else would you be able to get your question answered by him in like a live format? Wow. If you could picture my face right now, my jaw is gaped. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> Elon Musk? <laughs> well, but it's all it's all about networking. And it's not who you know anymore. It's what you know, and being able to connect with those people to be able to answer those questions. I swear, uh, you know, it's no longer six degrees of separation. It is two. <laughs> yeah. And like, you're very capable of just going and finding their direct contact information. If you had a name, you can find them. Yep, absolutely. So, all right. So how is the curriculum design? So you are one of the content creators for the curriculum. So how did you go about designing this curriculum for pre-K through 12th grade? So the way we started designing it was we didn't want to look at what anyone else was doing. We wanted to start with a blank slate and say, okay, what skills, what knowledge, what do we want a high school student who's about to graduate, going out into the world, what should they know? What should they be able to do? What do we want them thinking when it comes to money? And we started listing out all these skills, all these topics, things that we wanted them to be able to do and started chunking those into units. Like, okay, these go together, these go together, these go together. And then once we had our like core units, we started mapping backwards to pre-K level. So, I mean, you imagine a money conversation about say investing for a pre-K student is very different to what it looks like at a high school level. So you're constantly trying to think back, okay, what does investing mean for someone like you know a young child? And it's probably more of a saving conversation at that point that you are putting money away to use another day. So delaying gratification, being patient, um, th- those sorts of ideas, like that's where we break it down into preschool level. And then all the way up, you see that idea bubble into what eventually becomes like, okay, how do you create like an investor policy statement or how do you decide what's a good investment, what's not, that sort of thing. No, that's great. Uh, Well, so I was at the grocery store, actually. Uh, Target, not the grocery store. It's Target. It could be a grocery store. It could be a grocery store. They sell groceries. Yeah, but I was there and we were getting birthday presents for my niece and nephew. And I I had all my kids with me. And my sixth grade son, his name is Gabe, he was right there at the checkout line and he's seen how much everything is being rung up through. And then he sees the the final grand total and much like Costco, you can't leave target without spending at least the minimum of a hundred bucks. So he sees the grand total and then, and I could see he kind of flushed and walked away. And then as soon as we got in the car, he goes, mom, I sometimes get embarrassed seeing how much money you spend. And I'm like, well, help me out here. What, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you just you just dropped about 200 bucks on on four people. Um, but he was he was embarrassed. He had that secondhand embarrassment. And I told him, I go, hey, spending money isn't a bad thing. If you have money in your account and you are able to budget for certain for certain things, um, you know, gift giving is one. Um, also how much money are we saving by not going to the movies or not doing all these other extracurricular activities because of COVID, you know, we're able to kind of allocate, you know, put chunks of money into other, other envelopes that we normally wouldn't otherwise do to budgeting. But I was just telling them, I'm like, it is okay to spend money on certain things. If you have the, that money to spend it, 
I'm not saying spend every single dollar, but, or every single penny, but if you know what your budget outcome is, it is okay. And he was just like, okay, it just, that's, that's a lot. I go, yes, it is a lot. It is okay. It's okay. And I'm like, Gabe, do you have, how much money do you have in your wallet right now? And he's like, well, I've been saving my money. I go, I know. What are you saving your money for? Really, mom? I'm like, yeah, I want a, I want a new switch. I go, well, okay. So that's what's important for you. How, how are you doing? And he's like, I have to clean out the chicken coop a couple of more times and then I'm okay. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, there you go. It's about prioritizing what's important to you. And he's like, okay. Yeah. And I think that that going back to that question of what sets us apart from other curriculums, I definitely don't want to name and shame any curriculums out there, but mm-hmm. um, our curriculum is certainly not one that will ever make you feel shame for spending money. Um, it's not one where our focus is, oh, you have to cut your expenses to the absolute bone. You don't spend money on anything fun and you, you, know, you save everything until you get to financial dependence and then you can start living. Like there are some people who do choose to pursue financial dependence that way. And that's kind of a nice thing about it is that you have a lot of different paths you can use to approach getting to financial independence. But for us, the core tenets of financial dependence are you earn more, you spend less, you invest smarter, and then you enjoy the journey along the way. And just like you said, one of the first activities you will find in the Choose a Fi curriculum, at least at the high school level, is what makes you happy? Mm-hmm. And it's an odd question that kids, that kids kind of look at you at the beginning, like, well, why are you asking me this in a financial class? Like, I thought we were going to talk about mortgages or something. I'm like, no, like, this is where the conversation starts. Tell me, what are the 10 things that make you happiest on like a daily basis, weekly basis? What brings a smile to your face? What brings you joy? Like, and try and list out your top 10. And they start there. And I say, okay, how much do those things cost? And typically, they're not very expensive things. Like, sometimes you might see video games in there. That might be an expensive item. Or some kids love their truck or their cars or, you know, actual real trucks and cars, not the kiddie ones, but so much more expensive. And you say, okay, I want you to try and think now we're going to keep those things when we start figuring out what our spending plan is going to look like. So budget spending plan, you can interchange those words, but it's essentially, how are you going to plan on spending your money? Where is it going to go? And giving every dollar a job to do so that it is either going into something like a need, so bills or keeping shelter over your head, putting food on the table, um, into saving investing. So we want to make sure we're taking care of future us. And then you know, what, do you, what do you want to spend your money on after that? And you just make sure that that happens and stop spending money on the things that you really don't care about. So trying to think about like impressing others as being one of those things that if we can get our heads around stopping doing that, we will save a ton of money you know, on stuff that we really just don't care about and doesn't really bring us any happiness. And if a kid can master that, I mean, they're going to do fantastic with their finances. If they can make better decisions with their housing, so don't buy too big a house. Um, if they can make great decisions in terms of colleges, like don't just follow your friends to coastal Carolina because that's where you know the beaches are at and where the fun is at. Like think about, okay, what do I actually want to do? Is there a state school option that's cheaper? Can I do community college and then four years of college? Um, I mean, I know I'm speaking probably to some teacher right now is sort of like looking down at their shoes being like, oh, yeah, that's, that's probably me. But, you know, an education degree, let's be totally honest. Nobody cares where the hell your education degree came from. Like Amen. the name on the college does not matter. You can get it from an online college. You can get the two years community college and then like the worst four year college you can imagine. And they will still hire you. It does not matter. So it like makes me so almost like tearful when I see 
grad saying like, oh, I'm going to the local private school down the road, 40 grand a year to get my education degree. I'm like, you're going to come out with $160,000 of debt to make $36,000 a year. It does not make sense. So when we're doing this sort of, when we're doing like our college lessons and student loans, we just start talking about like, okay, you know, here's how long it takes the average person to pay back their student loan. Here's how much the average student loan is. So 21 years, by the way, is the average amount of time it takes someone to pay back their student loans. And, you know, the average person taking out about 30 to $40,000 in student loans. So like, that's a chunk of change. Like, I think it's almost $300 a month is the average student loan payment. And you could save yourself a world of hurt and financial stress if you can just say, you know what, there's a better option out there, whether that is doing online college, whether it's doing community college, whether it's pursuing some scholarships, if it's looking for grants, like filling out the FAFSA, I mean, something just to kind of do a better job with what college is. And I see kids change their mind after taking the class and saying, you know what, I can do, I can do better with this. And they stop doing four year, you know, from the start and they do two years of community and then two years in their four year college. And they end up coming out with like half the amount of debt or they work through community college and are able to cash flow their way through their other two years, which is you know, a phenomenal thing when you see that happen. Yeah. And that doesn't happen very often, but there are some really hard working individuals who do work all through the four or five years of college. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you know some of your high school students who are working mm-hmm. all the way through high school as well, because they either have to, or they choose to, they, that's what they, that's what lights them up. Yeah. I mean, I know I have some kids who are helping their families cash flow their way through COVID at the moment because parents lost their jobs. Well, and that's and that's a huge, that's an important area of, of discussion right now because um, my school just went back to school uh, for in person. It's like we're gonna have we have you know our cohort A, cohort B, and then we have the distance learning uh, forum. <laughs> yeah, forum, but. Yeah, we have students who I've had students tell me, "Miss, I'm not able to come back because I'm working and I'm supporting my family." Where and then I have business colleagues who are like, "They can't be working during school hours." It's like, well, they're going to be doing it no matter what because that's what they have to do right now. So it's really a sad situation, but. I'm kind of excited for how this is changing education because education, it's in a 19th century format in a 21st century learning what style now. Yeah. And that's again, going back to personal finance education. Like I see the kids that I am, like I know their situation at home is not ideal and they're the ones who are paying the most attention and taking that home to their family and being like, oh, we can do this to save some money or here's some ways we could earn more or um, you know, one just asked me a question like, okay, my family is, is going to try and refinance their mortgage because their mortgage is just too much. They're drowning in the mortgage. And do you know some ways that we can do that? And it's like, well, I'm glad you're asking these kinds of questions because you're realizing, you know, this is what's causing that problem. The housing cost is too much of the take-home pay. Mm-hmm. And we try and ch- you know figure out ways to change that up. But yeah, it, it needs to be in more classrooms and it needs to be a graduation requirement, in my opinion, for high school. I would love to see it in preschool all the way up through high school. But I mean, I think the first step is going to be to get high schools to stay, to graduate high school, you need to have at least some level of financial literacy and you know, taking a personal finance class needs to be one of the ways to do that. So I know it is in a lot of states embedded in like our CTE program. So I'm sure family consumer science does count as the financial literacy grad requirement in a lot of places. Maryland is one of those, but getting a standalone personal finance class, I think is gonna be one of the most important things we can do 
as a nation to you know, produce more financially literate people who can make better decisions with their money. Absolutely. Here in Washington state, I can tell you that there's only a handful of districts that make financial literacy a graduation requirement. It should be across the board, all districts across all states that should be having that as a graduation requirement. Yeah. And it's, it's a hard one. We know when we mandate something that you will have the students who don't care about it. You'll have the same problems that we have in every other class. But if you are changing the lives of a small group of people, that will have that knock-on ripple effect in communities. It will cause people to think more about it. And you know, I would love to see what the world would look like if we had you know, just that basic level of education for every kid coming out of high school. Yes. So how long are the Choose FI curriculum courses? Are they semester or quarter or what? So it depends on the age level, first of all. Like if you're talking about pre-K, like nobody's teaching a year-long pre-K class. So what you're going to see there is just individual lessons, games, ideas, play topics that you could do that would fit into a pre-K classroom. So you're like, okay, you know, I want to focus on just some sort of financial literacy idea through the play that we're doing in school. There's ideas for that. There's books for that. There's different resources you can use. Um, same thing in first grade, second, third, fourth, fifth, like it's more individual ideas that you can insert into an existing classroom because again, there's no just standalone personal finance class at that age. Middle school, we have it set up so that if you did by some grace have a standalone personal finance class in middle school, you could teach it as a semester long class or like the other ones, you can take individual ideas, lessons, games, resources, and just insert them into what you're doing already. At the high school level, you know, that's probably the one where you do see potentially a full course that is just personal finance. So the way we set it up was we're assuming that nobody is lucky enough to actually have a full year-long personal finance class. So instead, we created units, we created individual lessons, and each of those could be taken on their own and inserted into a classroom. So if you take the whole thing, it would cover an 18-week semester-long um, course for a 60 to 90-minute class. If you wanted it to be a year-long course, it's very easy to take most of those lessons, divide them in half, and stretch it over two days because you can extend these activities very easily through the conversations that you have, um, You know, extending the projects a little bit longer. like There's a lot of ways to make it longer. The hard part is actually cramming it all into 18 weeks. So it's there for you, whatever you need. If you want to insert individual stuff, like individual pieces into your like family consumer science class, like you have a financial literacy week or month that you want to do. We have like the core topics, we have extension topics, like there's lots of stuff that you can bring into your classroom very easily. If you are like, I want a little bit more of a hands off approach, like I don't really know what I'm doing. We've pretty much scripted out every lesson for you. Like there are teacher prompts, there are, here's what the kids are probably going to say, what they're probably going to know. And you don't have to know anything to be able to teach this course. So we will give you as much as you need or as little as you need. You can just take the, the lessons and the resources if you want, or you can take the full prompts and ideas. If you're teaching younger age groups, we do have taught lessons by us. So we have recorded videos. So us being our Choose a Five Foundation team. So we just created for third through fifth grade, basically us teaching the course. And you can put that in front of your students and learn alongside them. So kind of you step back from the leadership role let us take on that for you. And then you kind of lead discussions afterwards. So if you're interested in that, you can find all of this stuff at choosefifoundation.org. And I'm sure we'll have links in show notes or something, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes. Super. But one lesson I did want to point out that I think is just so applicable to family consumer science is we talked about food and how that's a big component of what goes into that curriculum. Uh, one of my favorite projects to do with students is our meal planning project. So 
food is one of the top three expenses in everyone's budget. Um, so food, transportation, housing are the big three that we call them when it comes to your finances. And if you can get those three under control, you're pretty much going to be fine. You can't really spend much else like in other categories that would really kill your budget. So the project we do at high school is you have to plan out an entire week's worth of meals. So seven days, three meals a day. And one thing I like to do is actually incorporate a nutritional requirement in those as well. Like every dinner has to include like a protein to veg, starch, whatever it is. Um, and breakfast has to have minimum requirements as well. And they have to plan out the meals, list the ingredients that they would need to make those meals, and then estimate how much they think each ingredient would cost. So they usually under, undershoot it. They think they're going to do great. And it's going to be like a hundred bucks for, you know, 21 meals of <laughs> steak and, you know, all this Great other expensive and, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we then go on to something like an Instacart and see how much would it actually cost to do that grocery shop. So they're doing like a virtual grocery shop at that point. They realize that they totally blew their budget because they're spending like $300 on just themselves. And then the question becomes, well, how do you fix that? Um, so we want to get our food budget down to a certain number. So sometimes we do it based on their current family finances. Sometimes we do it based on the career that they think they want. But we say, okay, let's let's assume that you're going to allocate 10% of your budget each month to food. So a fourth of that would be a week. Let's figure out, okay, you're going to spend $120 a week on food. We need to get your grocery budget down below that. And they would then try and figure out, okay, if I make larger meals that do more than one portion, I can reuse that for lunch the next day, or I can make multiple dinners out of that. Some foods are more expensive than others. If I make those the core ingredients, like the cheaper ones, the core ingredients in a lot of my recipes, I can bring the overall cost down. And we go through that exercise. And then usually I culminate it with going to a grocery store and we find the stuff on the shelves. They compare different brands, different sizes, quantities, and they try and again, see, can they pare down their grocery list a little bit further? And just like for some of them, that's the first time they go to a grocery store. Like it's not every kid goes with their parents to the grocery store, or maybe their parents don't really go to a grocery store that often. They get yeah. food from another source. So it's some of those experiences that we want kids to just realize are out there and go through that process of like, here's how you control your food budget. Like you think about it ahead of time, you plan it out and you make decisions based on how much you want to spend each week. And then rather than you turning up to the register and be like, ooh, 200 bucks on groceries, that's not good. And then being too embarrassed to put things back. So you just swipe your card and off you go. We say ahead of time, okay, I know roughly how much this is going to cost and I'm okay with that. I've made that plan and I'm moving forward with it. But the one thing I would love to culminate with even after that again would be to talk to the consumer science teachers in my school and be like, let's pick one of the like $3 per person or $3 per serving meals and let's learn how to make that as well. Because there's that final, like that last little piece that would really complete that project. So I feel like you could do that in your classrooms very easily. Very easily. And that would be, that would actually be fun. Um, uh, trying to find, you know, these single serving uh, meals and that's something that right now that is what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> my, I'm trying to find blogs that are geared towards the single serving, the single person um, lifestyle, and it's hard. Yeah. And try and especially with me who is a family of six, so I'm used to cooking for large amounts. And then on top of that, I'm pretty well versed when it comes to going grocery shopping for 24 to 30 students in a classroom <laughs> so, and figuring out how much uh, ingredients I need to get. But cutting it all the way down to one, that has been a major trick. 
Yeah. And um, if that's, you know, also you choose if I does have an entire like recipe book of recipes that should be able to come in under $4 per person per meal. Now, I don't know if most of those are tailored to single servings or if it's like the average, you know, family of four, like two adults, two kids. But yeah, like ideas in there for recipes that are cheap at their core. So they have cheap core ingredients. They reduce out maybe some of the spices that wouldn't necessarily be necessary. Mm -hmm. You know, just ways that you could reduce the cost of a meal. And you're asking kids to do that because, you know, there will come a time where in most people's lives, I think they have to say, all right, money's a little tight this month. How am I going to adjust my spending accordingly? And being able to adjust your food budget is going to be one of those big rocks that you can do in terms of fixing your budget for a month. So if we can figure out how to do that at a young age, I think that's, again, going to set us up with these valuable skills that we can take into adulthood. I, yes, I love it. Well, I'm going to have to please share your the recipe book yes. link that you have because that will come in handy. So, okay, how can we access your curriculum? All right, so if you are interested in this curriculum and you want to use it with your students, go to chooseifyfoundation.org forward slash pre-K 12, and that will get you to our curriculum. If you're thinking, huh, I'm a parent and I've got these lazy kids at home who really could use some money lessons and I want them to, A, go, go start making their own money. So I'm thinking entrepreneurship for them. You could send them to something like The Simple Startup, which is my company, so thesimplestartup.com, and they can learn how to start their own business there and make their own income. I find a lot of parents asking me, like, how do I teach my kid the value of a dollar? I'm like, go make them earn it and see if, you know, if they learn how to manage their own money and they have to start spending their own money and how that's going to look. So we've got you know, things like that. If you want to just start doing lessons with your kids at home, go find the age-appropriate curriculum and just look through it and pull out individual lessons on topics that you're like, oh, I would love to talk to my kids about this. And within it, you will be able to see like how to foster a conversation around the dinner table, say for budgeting or insurance or investing or whatever topic you want to pick up. There's enough in there that could help you lead a conversation like that at home and help your kids learn a bit more. If you want to learn more yourself, we also offer a free Phi 101 course. So if you want to just learn how does this whole money thing work and you just want something free, you want something self-paced, I do recommend checking that out. So if you go to chooseafifoundation.org and look for Phi 101, that is our self-paced online course that will just teach you everything you need to know about the basics of money. Yeah, and especially as... For new teachers and or old teachers, if you want extra help when it comes to figuring out your own personal finances, I strongly recommend this group. Personally, my husband loves the Choose FI group and podcast, and he is he's setting our family up for success, not right now, but within the next 10 years. And it's really exciting to be able to see him on fire when it comes to our own personal finances. So that's something I I strongly recommend for anybody. Please understand the power of a dollar. Yeah. And, you know, we know the teachers who have been teaching for too long. Like they've been in there too long. They don't like their jobs anymore. They are at the point where they don't really like kids anymore. And they are stuck there because they're waiting for that 30 years or whatever it is to get the full pension because that's what they need to be able to survive after work and what financial independence will do is just give you the choice to walk away early if you really want to. So if you wake up one day and you're like, you know what, teaching is just not for me anymore, you are going to have the financial stronghold to be able to say, okay, let's stop for a while. Let's either take a break. Let's try a different career. Let's start my own business or let's just stop working altogether. 
Like for me, I am planning to be able to walk away from teaching by the time I'm 40. I'm 31 at the moment. So like I'm going to shave off at least 15 years from my teaching career if I want to. So the plan is to be able to do it by 40. It's probably going to happen sooner, just the way the finances are going, the way the stock market's been going. But I want to be able to wake up one day and be like, all right, I've got the choice. Do I want to go to work today or not? And that's just such a freeing feeling to be able to say like, okay, you know, if not, great. I'm not going to work anymore. See you later. Well, there's nothing more powerful than having options. Options are a good thing. Yes. And options just make you feel like you're not trapped. And just not feeling trapped can be enough to change your whole outlook for teaching. Like I know once I started pursuing financial independence and I got to the point where I could leave my job and I could survive. We, my family could survive for six months on our savings. So we have a six month emergency fund. Like that's a very freeing feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, even just talking about this whole COVID situation, you know, our school just decided that we were going back two weeks ago and students returned to the building two weeks ago. And it's still a hybrid situation, but that was the point where some teachers retired because they're like, no, I'm, I don't feel safe doing that. And personally, my wife and I talked about it like, I could have said, you know what, I'm not coming back this year. I will try again in the fall, maybe, and see what that looks like if there's a job for me or I'll go find another job. And that was just, again, a very powerful thing to be able to say, we've got that choice in front of us, as opposed to the teachers who are really struggling with that. They're like, I have to go back. I don't have a choice. I need the income. I need the health insurance. I need the pension, whatever it is. So think about it. If you haven't already, like, what do I want life to look like in terms of my choices, my finances, the amount of financial stress I feel like I'm under? and see if there's some small changes you could make. And we would love to have you at the Choose a Five Foundation um, you know, Facebook groups. Please. Yeah, so get involved. So, okay, what other resources does Choose FI offer? I know you just, we're just putting out- You want more? You know, <laughs> what, else, what else is there? But lay it out. All right, so you want to learn, you've got the podcast. So Choose a Five podcast, you can find it on all your major podcast players. You prefer to consume video, YouTube channel, go find Chooseify YouTube channel. You're a social media person. You like to scroll Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. They all have Chooseify platforms. So just look them up and start to start following. And even if you just make the small change of adding a couple of personal finance content creators to your newsfeed, and that stuff just starts coming up in front of you on a regular basis, you will start adopting some of those changes because you're like, oh, that's, that's easy to do. Yeah, I can do that. I can cut this expense. I can add this bit of income. And you just subliminally start surrounding yourself with people who are doing the things that you want to do, which we know is a very effective way to change a behavior in your own life. Surround yourself with people who are doing the thing you want to do. So you want to get fitter, you want to eat better, you want to do better with your money. You surround yourself with people who are doing the exact same thing as you. I love it. Well, Rob, this has been a great conversation. I think we need to have more conversations around personal finance, not just for teaching, but for our own for our own educator lens. It's definitely a conversation that needs to be happening more and more often, not just around the dinner table, but in our classrooms, out in the public and throughout all social media. So this has been truly a joy talking to you and just hearing advice because we all benefit the better. The more we share, the more we talk, the better we become. Absolutely. And I mean, family consumer science teachers, I do think don't get the recognition they deserve in terms of like you guys teach some of the most important life skills that any kid should learn in high school. And I hope you are including personal finance as part of those life skills that you are bringing in. I took home economics as a student back 
back in the day. And I think it probably was one of the most important classes that I took in terms of it developed a love of cooking. So like I love to cook for myself, which has of course had its own benefits in terms of my finances. I don't think there was a financial component in my course, or at least my teacher probably didn't spend much time on it, but I learned a lot in there that I think was important life skills that did benefit me a lot in the future. And from a personal finance point of view, because I was able to do a lot of stuff myself and not pay for it. And then just like being aware of the things that I needed to do as an adult and put those things in place early on. So I didn't suffer financially as a result. Yeah, no. Well, it was so funny. I was talking to a a colleague of mine the other day and uh, I'm like home economics, family consumer sciences, it's adulting 101. And yes, I am using adulting as a verb because (laughs) it needs to go into the dictionary as a verb. It does. And like kids, kids need to take these classes and need to be sold on their value. And sometimes it means convincing parents. Sometimes it means convincing administrators the kids themselves. And yeah, it's, it's one that we have to do a better job of selling to kids and saying like, this has actually got a lot of value to it. And I think if you can throw the personal finance aspect in there, maybe a sprinkle of entrepreneurship too, you can start really selling like the idea that you will come out of this class ahead because you will be, so you, you will have all these skills that will benefit you financially in the future, which I'm sure if you ask most adults, they wish they knew how to do. Yep. And they do. Yes. <laughs> well, Rob, Thank you so much. And we will put all of the links into the show notes. So anybody needs to, is looking for everything, will definitely come to the Connect FCS Ed podcast and go into resources to be able to gather those resources to connect with you. And how can people get in touch with you if they personally are looking for more of a, maybe a handheld um, so if you want to get in contact with me directly, you are more than welcome to. My email is rob at chooseifyfoundation.com. You can find me in the business educators group on Facebook, the Finlit Fanatics, if you want to get into personal finance stuff, the Chooseify educators group. So if you want information about how to just do better with your finances as an educator, you'll find me in there. Feel free to like message me on Facebook or Instagram and say like, hey, I, I want to ask you some questions. Um, you'll also find me in Clubhouse now <laughs> under the... Uh, name at Rob Phelan. So that's P-H-E-L-A-N. Love it. Well, Rob, this has been a joy. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for joining the conversation today. Each episode on the Connect FCS Ed podcast, we boldly celebrate families and careers by providing inspiration, support, and resources for teachers, students, and families everywhere. If you could do me a quick favor, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. My mission is to get this out in front of as many people as possible to help educate and inform the community that home economics is alive and well. Thanks again for spending your time with me today and be sure to visit fcspodcast.com for past episodes and resources to help spread the word that family and consumer sciences is today's home economics.